I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency from the Financial Times, our weekly exploration of the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and with investors in a state of limbo this week over the dollar and the euro, it was Turkey's lira that grabbed attention with a dramatic fall over a diplomatic fallout with the United States. Turkey's problems, frankly, look fairly well self-contained, but are the prospects for emerging markets' currencies in general, what are they like? The dollar's weakness all year has been a blessing for EM, but that was until September when a dollar revival had EM currencies running for cover. So is EM ever going to break the shackles of the dollar correlation or is there some underlying reasons for optimism? I'm joined this week by Sergei Strigo who looks after EM debt and currency at the European asset manager Amundi. Sergei, how has EM been for Amundi this year? EM has done actually very well for us, for Amundi and I think for the market in general. So pretty much across all asset classes in emerging markets, whether it's uh, US dollar bonds, hot currency, um, uh, FX or domestic bonds are in sort of high single digit uh, mid-teens. Mm. If you look at EM equity, the returns are even higher than that. So it is definitely a very good year for emerging markets in general, which is obviously uh, we can see in the significant inflows yes. into the market. And you put that down to the weakness in the dollar in the main? Um, it's a combination of factors. I think it's the first of all, still a very low global interest rates that are actually pushing um, investors to look for less conventional asset classes. Yeah. Um, and the emerging market is certainly one of them. This is what we call a search for yield. And that's really across the board in all the types of emerging market um, asset classes. Currencies yeah. are higher yielding than the dollar and the euro and majority of the other G10. Yeah. Um, emerging market bonds in both local currencies and dollars are also higher yielding than some of the other comparable developed market uh, okay. bonds. So, you know, this is driving this push towards higher yielding assets. And on the other side, very importantly, we've had a significant turnaround in the macroeconomic situation. I think, you know, and this is very important because it's making investors very comfortable in investing in emerging markets. Yes. So we've seen, you know, countries that were in a recession a couple of years ago, like Russia and Brazil, are coming out of those recessions. Um, inflation is very low across the board in emerging countries, hence central banks are still cutting interest rates, which is very positive for bonds. Okay, so when we get to September and the dollar starts going up and we get a bit of a uh, wobble on, on emerging markets, what do we make of September, therefore? The September wobble was really mostly due to the U.S. issues, I would say. So we've had, obviously, um, um, market recession somewhat, the likelihood of December hike by the FOMC, so now we're around 80% probability yeah. of a hike, which right. is significantly higher where, compared to where we were in, in, in August. Some of the macroeconomic data from the U.S. has been a little bit stronger, and there is renewed noise on the uh, potential tax reform uh, from the U.S. administration. So all of these things should be supporting dollar. So what goes up with the dollar will Correct. go down, which Correct. which kind of makes makes the um, you know the agnostic EM investor wonder whether that that 
correlation is ever going to break. I mean, to the point you were making earlier, you know, some of the fundamentals are improving, uh, but you can't get away from that correlation or that inverse correlation with the dollar. No, short term, probably you wouldn't. But if you look at the medium to long term, ultimately investing in emerging market currencies, you're still picking up significant yield. Yes. comparing to dollar, euro, or any other underlying developed market currency. So over medium to long term, it still makes sense to invest in EM currencies. And on the valuation side, you know, we've had a significant depreciation in the majority of currencies, you know, during the commodity price collapse in 2014. So arguably, also on the valuation side, emerging market currencies are actually quite cheap. The other correlations people tend to look at with emerging markets is China, how China is doing its economy, and also, well, linked to that is uh, how many commodities China is buying, therefore the commodity price. Um, That's perhaps more related to commodity uh, currencies within EM. Um, Again, I mean, actually, we're coming up to the the People's uh, Party Congress next week with China. So this is also going to be uh, an interesting, perhaps nervous time for uh, EM. Um, it could be. I mean, China obviously is something to be watched uh, all the time in a sense, but what we've seen certainly this year, and this is really a um, very similar trend to the other emerging market countries, that uh, Chinese growth has actually picked up. Mm. Um, you know, they've done uh, fiscal stimulus, monetary policy stimulus, etc., and um, supporting the, the real estate in China. So in general, uh, I think what we're looking at today is uh, continuous stability mm. of uh, Chinese economy, and this is really what people want. It's not necessarily that investors want to have an 8% growth or 9% growth in China. They want a stable growth, which is easy to forecast. And this is actually what we're witnessing this, these days. Would you say, therefore, that um, the, the correlation between EM is still going to be very strong with China than it compared to the correlation with the dollar? There's actually, that's, that's the area that the EM investor has to look at more. In a sense, yes, but I think the correlation will be uh, higher if China goes significantly down in terms of economic growth, right? It's it's a downside risk, which is really going to uh, spook the market, which as of today, we're not really seeing that happening. With EM, we always worry about how it has a contagious effect. And perhaps looking at Turkey this week, we could safely say that there wasn't any knock-on effect elsewhere in EM or in the rest of the market. Is that right? Uh, you're absolutely right, yes. And and I think this is a, si- a sign of maturity mm-hmm. of, of emerging markets where investors are able to differentiate between uh, different countries and the reasons why they perform uh, in a certain way. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, there was a renewed political noise in Turkey, uh, and that only affected uh, Turkish assets. Yes. Um, and, you know, we, we, we can look at other examples. For example, the, the corruption scandal in Brazil yes. equally affected in May, uh, only mean, yes. incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, in May, uh, with the renewed allegations of corruption, uh, uh, only affected uh, Brazilian assets, currencies, and bonds. Didn't really do anything, even to the, you know, sort of near... Uh, abroad in the sense of other countries like in America. All this is pretty good for EM, actually. We're talking about correlations breaking down. We're talking about contagion no longer there. Um, But for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2017, a possible Fed hike, a possible ECB tapering, what in the short term should the EM investor be uh, thinking about? I'm still positive on EM into the year end and over the next few months. I think, yes, notwithstanding the fact that the Fed is probably going to hike, and as you said, the ECB will will probably start tightening one way or the other, the yield and the carry offered by emerging assets is still significant. And coupling that with the improvement in the fundamentals, it is a pretty interesting space to invest in today. 
So it is uh, becoming more and more a carry story rather than a significant, I would say, uh, price appreciation story. Because in, in terms of look, looking at valuations, certainly the credit spreads are towards the tight end of the range. Yes. There is still room for them to compress clearly, but it is, you know, uh, that trade getting exhausted somewhat. On currencies, you can argue there is a little bit more room to um, to uh, appreciate, but again, that that is really, you have to look at what the euro dollar is doing on the other side. And on the local currency bonds, uh, we're still going to have for the next few months uh, interest rate cuts in a number of important emerging market countries. So from the domestic monetary policy side, uh, local bonds certainly add value today. Okay. So that's the end of this year. So what about 2018? Let's take first, say, the first quarter, if you're brave enough, the second quarter as well. But what are the prospects more more medium term? Sure. Uh, On the first quarter 2018, I think we're probably going to see continuation of the trend that we've seen today. There is significant inflows into the market, uh, and this is what is driving short-term market moves in emerging market bonds. Uh, Going forward into the sort of mid next year and later, we have to look at what is ECB actually going to do with regards to, you know, potential tapering or um, monetary policy. And then we'll have to see what the Fed reaction function is going to be. Don't forget that we are also waiting for the next uh, chairman of of the Federal Reserve Committee, which is going to be uh, an important indicator of what we can expect. Yes, indeed. Um, Okay, Sergey. So just finally... um, I'm going to ask you three things uh, about about your your picks for within EM. Um, where where should the investor avoid? Where in EM would you say? Oh, I'm not sure about that at all. Um, look, if you look at the market today, um, looking at the macroeconomic situation in emerging market countries uh, in the developed countries, uh, which is broadly improving. Looking at the valuations, uh, I prefer to be in a higher yielding assets in general, and that is in currencies, in U.S. dollar bonds, or in local currency bonds. Some of the countries or regions that stand out as giving better valuations are certainly Latin America, for example, countries like Brazil, um, Argentina, Mexico, also on the corporate side. Uh, there are some interesting opportunities in investing in emerging market credit, corporate credit. Uh, Asia does uh, look a little bit expensive to me. Uh, if you look at the absolute level and, and re- sort of, I would say, uh, real rates in Asia, um, less of a value call there, uh, plus obviously the risk of um, China, which is, you know, in a sense always there, and obviously the risk of some sort of U.S. administration move against China with regards to protectionism. Okay. So th- that's the region where I'm a little bit more cautious today. Okay, so you've actually helped me answer two questions. I was going to ask you where to avoid and where you would go. You've a- answered that. So the final question is, can you give our listeners a surprise part of EM, a part of EM that perhaps they wouldn't naturally have thought about or which is not really talked about a great deal, where you think actually that's got a lot of potential? I think the frontier markets is certainly something to look at, yeah. uh, and we're seeing more and more um, new countries coming uh, in issuing bonds. For example, Tajikistan was the you know country that oh. uh, fairly recently issued their first Indeed. ever um, yeah. emerging market bond. Um, so this is something very interesting because you know the uh, valuations in some of these uh, places are quite interesting to look at. And I think for you know the next year or so, I think clearly, I think what is going to be on the investors' radar is probably going to be Venezuela. 
the situation with Venezuela, with the potential credit event or not, this is something which is going to be quite interesting to monitor. All right. My thanks to Sergei Strigo of Amundi. Next week, it is the China Communist Party Congress. Expect an awful lot of chatter about the renminbi and China's growth outlook. So join us to discuss these and other issues on hard currency. Until next week, it's goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.